1: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs Content. Right, we're back again. Uh schedule's a little hectic right now. Corey was just off in uh Texas. My exams have just started. But fortunately, we do have a lot to talk about today. But before we get into all of that,
2: Corey, how are you doing, buddy? Um freshly back from Dallas, Texas, where I uh had a wonderful time and spent too much money at the Bucky's, which is life. Um, if you ever get the chance to experience a Bucky's go to it. It is a life shangie. You a Bucky's What what is that? A Bucky's is. Uh, Buckies is life. Um, uh, Bucky's is a gas station chain that is oh, the size Bucky. the size of a Walmart, this. and it is on. Un- <laughs> it's fucking unreal. It's so it's 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 it might be the only oh. thing that could save the South.
1: I actually have heard about this on a on a podcast actually. um, it's like the one with I think it was Ryan Whitney talking about the Buckiess like it, you can go in like like it's huge, right? It's like a mega mall
2: uh, I'd say it's. It's it's fucking it's just massive, dude. There's like a hundred plus gas stations. Um, you go inside. Um, there's shit everywhere. You can buy uh, fishing stuff. You can buy hunting stuff. You can buy grilling stuff.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like the store itself is like the size of a strip mall, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's just crazy. And I went there on a Saturday when it was like peak busy and i i don't think i could ever work at a bucky's god bless everyone who can work at a bucky's um fuck that that was unreal i'm talking like getting stuck in a gas station for 2 hours like really? unreal dude but i swear the food is fire they have like 40 different types of beef jerky you can buy the packs or you can go straight to like the deli and buy the beef jerky by the pound or you can sample all of it like i did like a fucking child um there's like fresh food they make brisket sandwiches and shit everywhere there's a lot of um like uh tex-mex shit there too there's like fucking burritos and tacos like freshly made um there's a a fudgery where they're making fucking fudge and fucking candies and shit. Uh, they're known for their shit called the uh the beaver nuggets. And I spent like fucking forty dollars on beaver nuggets, which is basically like, like think of like a cheese puff that instead of it, they they're savory flavors, but like a cheese puff that's just doused in, I'm guessing honey and cinnamon. So it's like crispy, but it's fluffy and it's sweet. And then that they have the savory ones that taste like basically cheese puffs Unfucking fucking real, dude. Unreal. You buy a bag. The bag's like eight, eight bucks, but it's like. I don't know. It's like the size of a fucking family bag of uh, chips at the store, like without the air. So like full bag. Okay. Uh, I bought t-shirts uh because the logo is sick as fuck you should look it up i'm sure people have seen it it's like a sick ass little beaver with his little teeth wearing like a five panel like a hipster hat with the like the bill turned really hard up bro iconic logo iconic logo food stellar the place is immaculately clean um there's like i don't know if you know what a icy is I think they're called slushies. I think we talked about that before. There's like yeah, we did 25 different flavors. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just so what you're saying is that this place is like hillbilly haven. Oh my god, dude! You can like half the store is just Bucky's merch. The other half of the like you know uh, shopping area is like yeah, like hillbilly, like chic. Uh, country chic design, like signs that are like live, laugh, love, buckies, you know what I'm saying? Like, shit like that. Like, uh, uh, everybody takes their, sh- their boots off except for George Strait and the president or some stupid shit like that, you know? Like, it's fucking wild. Like, um, great place. It's just, it's hard to describe. I think I did a pretty good job at it, but you'll never, you'll never do it justice. Unreal. I will. I honestly will map out every, every trip that goes through Texas. I will map it out to hit a Bucky's.
1: See, I've heard every time I've heard someone talk about this place, I've heard that like the exact same thing. Like you need to stop in to just witness this
2: place. Dude. No, absolutely. It is a gong show. Dude. When I tell you, dude, there's like an an island right a kiosk i guess you could say there's an island in the middle of the fucking store with like 10 workers in it and they're all pumping out brisket sandwiches burritos like all this food shit and i swear to god they're filling it up like it's like at mcdonald's where there's like you know there's the hot rack and it's just full because you know it's gonna get crazy and it's like it doesn't matter how fast they fucking do it. it it shit's just getting grabbed like it's not one like fucking multiple at a time people are just grabbing like two three things at a time and these people are just brisket sandwich brisket sandwich brisket sandwich like fucking like an assembly line going on meanwhile the other side of it's like the fudgery and this bitch is like fucking whipping up fudge throwing it into squares like giving out samples unreal like they don't have they don't have to outsource anything they have a bucky's product for every type of snack food like dude you don't they don't sell they don't sell doritos you know what i'm saying they got bucky's fucking uh bucky chips you know they got fucking <laughs> you, you don't need you you like Fanya's? fuck no they got buckyos you know what i'm saying they got bucky cereal they got fucking uh flavored drinks fucking uh you can instead of instead of like premium gas, they got Bucky's gas, dude. I, I'm dude. Prices fantastic. Like Bucky's is what's making the South run. Definitely Texas. Texas is clean. It. I haven't even got on the trip yet. We're still on Bucky's, but Dallas and honestly all of Texas. If there's a Bucky's in that area, it is the cleanest fucking place on earth, and I don't mean just the Bucky's. Like I mean like the actual. County or country or you know town it's in because it it brings in so much fucking revenue. There's no such thing as fucked up streets. There's no fucked up plumbing. There's no trash anywhere. Like it's unreal. If you have a bucky's, like you'll never you'll never go without. They're just bringing in so much. Like (laughs) if they close the buckies, the entire town is fucked. Like everyone lost their jobs. Basically, Uh this place is massive. Like the entire town would go out of business.
0: All right.
1: I mean, fair enough. Well, like, it's let's a gas get station with a fucking a deli.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let, let's move on. I'll talk, dude. We the, can uh, have a whole Bucky's count episode.
1: We may have to. I'll have to check it out. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Corey went
2: down uh, to Texas. I, I took uh, a left. I didn't go. I, I think I, I went up. <laughs> <you> went up. <laughs> I went up up to the it's left.
1: Down, well, sorry. You anything's down yeah. in the U.S. Today. I understand um went to uh more specifically dallas correct i went to dallas and you got to d- a very monumental um, event for you you got to experience your first nhl game live in building i'm gonna let you take it away i just want like how was that feeling buddy
2: goosebumps uh we pulled into the parking garage and this happened my second day so like we came in a day early uh went ate some fire food and we'll get to that in a second but um you know i paid for i paid for parking like right next to the fucking arena excuse me i had a fucking mustache hair in my mouth um i figured by the you know by the parking early get as close as i can uh Goosebumps, I, we get out, I got my fits, my fits dirty, you know what I'm saying, s- Mason saw it, I got my, I got my, uh my Joe Pavelski jersey on, uh, I got a pocket full of money, ready to go buy some shit at the hangar, which is their store, um, just, just nervous, and I turned the corner, and I saw, the American airline center, which is such a great view. Like it's in such a pristine location. You got to walk upstairs. And as you're walking up the stairs, uh, it's just right in front of you. And I'm sure this is just new, you know, bullshit to everyone else. But I started to fucking tear up and it's not even my fucking team. Just the fact that, I don't know, just being a kid and never really having an opportunity uh, to this, you know, to this level. To, to play in the most the biggest league in, in the world or, or be a fan of it, you know. Uh got a little teary-eyed. Uh it was fantastic. Went in a store, pumped out like $40 worth of shit, which was uh like a hat and a fucking hockey puck, you know. Uh it's cool. Got a nice hat, got a sick puck that had the date on it. Um it wasn't the puck I would normally buy, I probably would have just got a regular you know, like Dallas puck, but um, I figure get the one with the date on it. It's your first, it's your first game ever go out with style. So I did that. It was actually a cheaper puck. <laughs> Trying to save a little money uh, came out the hangar. It's pretty cool. I'm sure a lot of other places like this, but there's like a massive fucking bar that's connected to the outside of the arena. And it's like, I guess for people that uh, didn't buy tickets or just, early, you know, tailgating, uh, get inside and it is fucking immaculate. This place is immaculate. Um, I think that the smoothie King center where I work, uh, was built after, um, was built after the American airline center. And if that's the case, uh, we fucking suck. Uh, opened in 1999 for the Smoothie King Center. Um, this, it was, it, it looked like it was a brand new place. And well, okay, so it's like two years after. So, 01, the American Airlines Center opened. Two years after, this place looks like it was brand new the moment I walked in. So, the cleanest fucking place establishment I've been in for sports.
1: And sorry, who were uh, the stars playing?
2: Uh, the Minnesota Wild with brand new acquisition Ryan Reeves and a Mark Andre Fleury cleared of IR.
1: Yeah, so a uh, a team a game doing, of games, a team that's doing well, very well this year. Um, yeah, and
2: I actually I, I bought these tickets, Mason, because they played the day before, and I was like, you know what, this is going to be a great game for Dallas. They're going to probably pump them because they just played less than twenty four hours ago
1: and they well, went- it was definitely definitely a great game Dude, uh
2: unreal i couldn't have asked for a better a better introduction you know a better first game memory uh um, well yeah why don't you hop into like the game yeah felt like, so, like what a crazy first nhl game it was like six five right it was five it was five one uh and then yeah it ended six five uh yeah, with in the, like in the shootout, a four goal comeback for Dallas. Yeah. So me and my wife are sitting uh, on the third, the third level, like up against like the glass. Uh, Great fucking seats. Right. Right. At center ice. Um, My wife's like, this is sick. You know, like she's she's excited. She's excited for me. I'm like a fuck kid in the candy store. Uh, and then they just start fucking getting their shit kicked. And Jack's Jack's like, "Uh, y- y- you sure this team's good?" <laughs> I was like, I was like, you don't I was like, <laughs> look, they this is one of the best fucking offensive teams right now. I I'm really actually you know, quite impressed that Minnesota's doing this, but I mean, it is a division game. So, How are you feeling though? Were you like like going into the third,
1: you must have been kind of like, "Oh, fuck." Like a little you know- a little disappointed.
2: I, I'm not even going to say I was like you, obviously you want your first game to be success, right? You want, you want to go out with like a bang. You want the game to be like a drumming, like fucking seven, nothing. Um, But I think I was just, just more grateful than anything to finally be at a game that, you know, if they scored cool, you know if i i didn't think they were coming back i was like okay well let's just see if we can we can get another two goals on the board you know let's see i want to see joe favalski uh, well i guess it would have been assist. different
1: it would have been different if it was the habs too right
2: oh absolutely yeah so like no you you're absolutely right if it's <laughs> if it's my team it's different you know i want to see them succeed and if they're not like if i went all the way to montreal and the habs get fucking blown out that's depressing you know, yeah. like you, you're like, you know what? I'm here and that's really what matters. But fuck, dude, like I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be chanting. I wanted to be screaming. And I I kind of felt that, felt that, but at the same time, it's like it's not my team. It's not like it's one of the teams I follow, but it's not the team, you know. So it, I think it was a little bit more relaxed in that regard. I was fucking drunk. Um, having a good time, nonetheless. Then they start fucking scoring. I told my wife, I was like, look. I was like if anybody can dig themselves out of a lead like this or a deficit like this, I think Dallas can do it. Fucking one goal, two goal, three goal, four fucking goals, dude, I'm fucking screaming. My wife's like this is fucking awesome. She's seen a hat trick. There was it was a pitiful fight, but you know what? It was a guy standing up for for one of his one of his, you know, fellow teammates who just got crunched along the fucking boards. So, like, this is the perfect game for my wife. You know, she saw some fighting. She got to see a hat trick. She got to see, like, a come from behind to tie it up. And then um, we go to overtime. I'm like, Jacqueline, we're going to fucking overtime. Like, it's extended. So, now now it's not just, okay, we got 15 minutes left of the game. No, now we got a whole nother, you know, set of periods that I had to explain to her about, which she seemed really excited. I was excited just to be sitting in a building that's going to OT. The OT was kind of bonkers, um, but Dallas really didn't get a lot of chances. And then it goes to the fucking shootout. I'm like, this is still fucking cool because Dallas has some of the best fucking scorers right now. So, yeah, sure enough, I think it was like the first three guys fucking scored, but the same thing for Minnesota. Um, And then on the fourth guy, uh, I think it was actually uh, Rupe missed his, or it was uh, Heiskanen. Um, God, please don't tell me I fucked his name up again. Anyway, uh, ends in a loss, but I swear to God, that was a fucking win. That was a fucking win. I couldn't have asked for a better fucking game to go five, five, one. And you're just like, you know what? I'm still having a great time. Uh, I literally just have to walk, like, our seats were right next to the beer fucking thing. So I didn't have now to what, do what Fuck role all, you guys. Third floor, soon as you come up the ramp up against the glass. Okay. Okay, that's sick. No, those so, are like
1: those are good like That
2: is the prime seat. Like that, that is, is the, the fucking prime, prime seat. seating. If you're dude, not on the glass, that's prime. Dude. That was unreal. And I literally get up you know, fucking I don't know, 12 steps and I'm just credit card two more two more beers. Back <laughs> to my seats. Um I didn't know this because basketball is not like this. Uh, but because of the puck and play rule, you can't move unless there's a whistle. So I was like, I learned something fucking new. What? So there's, I, I I don't know if this is everywhere, but puck and play rule for the arena is that if the puck is in play, you can't, you can leave your seat and go out into, you know, like the concessions area, uh, but you can't come back in until the whistle's blown and the puck's not in play. And what this i know but honestly it makes sense and fuck it it's a great it's a great thing it's i have it's,
1: Corey, honestly i've never heard of that in my life okay but
2: tell me this isn't legit tell me this isn't legit it's to ensure that you don't miss a second of the game and there's no one that's like oh i gotta get out of my seat because this dude in the middle of the fucking row is deciding he wants popcorn or his kid's bitching or he's got to go to the bathroom he can do that but he can't come back in to interrupt you again until eh, the puck's... I don't know look dude I think he's it's kinda... sick I think it's sick I think it's sick because they you can come up into the the well you know like the the little stairwell and you can watch until the puck goes out of play now that does suck if you know there's no fucking whistle. But that, that's your risk. That's your risk.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I saw like six games last year alone, like just in Ottawa, and I've never never in my life heard about that rule. But it's interesting that I guess I, Dallas look, has
2: I, Maybe Maybe it's of. just U.S. Maybe it's just U.S. shit. I think it's – I enjoyed it because it meant that no one was going to – you can bother me to get out your seat. But you can't bother me again while the play is going on. So it doesn't it doesn't fuck you out of your sight. You know, you're not taking your eyes off the puck or, or the game. You know, no, I, I definitely see the. Line I of think things. that's super fucking cool. No, absolutely. I but I get like, I by get God, like, if you get fucked over and you're stuck waiting, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I definitely get the logic behind it. I just
2: have never. I experienced think, that before i think that should be more of a lower level issue because that's like the only like if if it's if it's for safety reasons like the puck coming up over the glass i think that should only if, if that's what they're leaning this on i think that should only be for the first level like the mm. 100 level because those are the, truly the only people that are fucking in danger like there yeah i've right. seen the puck get up there but like it ain't coming to fucking the three hundred, and if it is, fucking uh, <laughs> look out! Like the things screaming. Uh, oh, absolutely dude, unreal! Um, though I came out, everyone for a loss, dude. Everyone's still fucking happy. I, the Dallas has just been doing so fucking good, and it was like a come from behind win. I mean, loss. You know, you still get a fucking point. I don't know if they're like this all the time, but th- this fan base seems fun. They're just fucking loving it.
1: Well, I'd be pretty fucking happy if I had that top line, too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> dude, dude, the whole
1: night. And, I'm and like, you know why? I fantasy. I am.
2: Fantasy Because I points. am happy
1: because I've got Joe Pavelski and Jason Robertson. Oh, my
2: you dirty house. dog. Dude, that night I and had like Jamie three ben, assists.
0: Actually.
2: I got Jamie. You ben really? There. Oh, so oh, you're just you're just hammering Dallas. Oh yeah, I had
1: Marshmint and then uh-huh. uh dropped him, picked up Ben.
2: Dude, I oh, don't look, yeah. uh, I love uh Robinson. I was so fucking drunk though that I was calling him by the wrong name. I was calling him uh what's his name from fucking Toronto because we shit on him enough. Well, we at least at least we did. Uh Nick Robinson was like, come on, Nicky. And my wife's like, his name's Jason play. Like, <laughs> 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 But uh That's funny. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I was eyeing up I was eyeing up the fucking the the thirds jersey, the the Chernobyl ones. Oh, they look so good in person. Yeah.
1: Dude. You're talking about that like highlighter. The
2: but, dude. It is so fire in person. And it's because of one of the biggest skyscrapers in town when it lights up at night, it like fucking turns everything, like all the it silhouettes the rest of the city or the skyline in neon green i think that's sick as fuck um yeah so i almost bought that also they were it was uh a game that they they had the new reverse retros so that was really cool so i got to see them in the the new old look okay fair enough
1: well um once again like i'm really happy you got to experience that buddy like you know kind of a momentous uh occasion for you in your life getting that first n h l game like I won't to this day I won't ever forget mine, and it was the most dull hockey game I've ever watched <laughs> you know dude I've, it was like two thousand eighteen um who was it? yeah, it was Ottawa versus St Louis. Mm-hmm. and it was ottawa was like second last in the league and it was when, the year st louis won the cup but before they were like it was when they were still dead last in the league
2: no shit so you saw them and it was january yeah so like, break. like okay. I, I
1: remember sitting there thinking these are like the two worst teams in the league it was the most boring <laughs> hockey game and Little did I know in like four months, like if you told me that team was gonna be lifting the cup, I would have told you you were fucking crazy. That's awesome, but you know, lo and behold, here we are, and yeah, but I will never forget that first experience. It was awesome,
2: you know what and- dude if i if I'm honest with you, every first game I've gone to uh has been a loss um like national like national teams like first game i saw the saints um was with a couple of guys that I used to hang out with before work it was the it was the 49ers year the year that colin kaepernick came in and was fucking unreal and, and he was just like running the option and nobody could fucking stop him and then the fucking ravens beat him so that was awesome uh i saw him beat the shit out of the saints my first Two games for LSU was like a UCF game where UCF fucking skull dragged LSU all over. And we had great, <laughs> fu- we had great seats, dude. Like right, right off the back of, um of like the, the Tigers bench and shit, dude. Um, Who was the QB at that time? Oh, uh, f- let me see if he is the QB, but I know this one player. Was it like Joe Feisty? Oh no 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 no, dude! No, I've seen Joe Shiesty. Um, I actually, because I work for the Superdome, I saw him play. Uh, Jesus, he's forty-seven years old now. Um, I saw him play at the at what you call it. Um, Did you on, say Corey? Joe the Shiesty na- is forty-seven years old? No, 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 the guy I'm looking at. Um, oh, yeah, Josh Booty was the fucking quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, well yeah, not a good year. I,
1: I any like I remember too, you've still got to get your first tabs game.
2: No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what, my first halves game
1: was incredible. Brandon Prost Prosting. on the ice. But um anyway, we I'm glad you got to experience that. And uh w- thankfully we do have a lot of Habs news to talk about. But before we get to that, I think we first have a word from our uh, friends at
2: DraftKings. Yes, we do. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement for you, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Just combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. For your shot in an even bigger payout. Y'all remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN as in the hockey podcast network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, Mason. Yeah, what's up? No, no. I was just bringing this back to the episode. Yeah, oh, I was uh,
1: like, is there is there a question here? <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> uh, I I wanted to put money on the game. Um, It's not that I'm saying good thing I didn't. Uh, I was I was just so excited to be there. I just completely forgot to to hammer the fucking home team. I mean, good thing you didn't. Yeah. But they might anyway. they might have covered. They might have covered if they <laughs> if I would have played the puck line. They
1: would have pushed them over the edge, eh? <laughs> Um anyway yes the Habs played what three games since our
2: last? Uh last time we talked Mason we have seen the Calgary game, the Oilers game, the Vancouver game and the Seattle game. Those are what we haven't seen since we last spoke. That yeah that is what's that is what's happened since. Okay so
1: yes um <laughs> A lot of shit has it's been a
0: while. Happened.
1: We've been gone. Um. Yeah, like life gets in the way, especially uh, being in school. But that doesn't mean the hockey stopped. And thank God for that. Nick Suzuki continues to lead the fucking way for the Habs. 29 points in 26 games. Cole Caulfield, too. Now has 15 goals, becoming uh eighth in league scoring and becoming one of the youngest players in Habs history uh to reach um was fuck was the 40 goals?
2: Was it the 40 goals?
1: I think it was 40 goals.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: he's like fifth. I I can't remember. I think it was yeah, whatever, whatever stat it was. It's, it's the fastest incredible.
2: to 40 within like a I think it was, like, 100 games or some shit like that. Something crazy like that. But, yeah, but... he's fourth or fifth overall amongst tabs to do it. Well, the fastest to do it. Fourth, I believe. Uh, on there with, like,
1: Marty's Richard and mm-hmm. guys like that. Just crazy. I'm going to kind of just want to talk about the Vancouver and Seattle games just because they're most recent.
2: That's fine. Uh, only thing I want to cover is just uh, Monaghan's return to Calgary. The Yuroslav Slavkovsky goal was fucking awesome. Um, uh, cause you got uh, Markstrom comes out the net to try to stop the puck and, um, it does, but it's like, I think Slavkovsky got the rebound and Markstrom's like fucking way far away from it. He's got two defenders, uh, in the crease and he just shuffles it past him. And, if I'm not mistaken, after after that game, they put the A on Monahan, but we can move forward.
1: Well, I do since we're on the subject, let's talk about Monahan. Uh Monahan did play that game. He came in with a walking boot and played an incredible performance. <laughs> we knew how much that game meant to him. I have no problem with that. The next game he also played well. Monahan has been putting up numbers lately and he's been critical to the success of the team and i think that really showed in the game against vancouver um he exited oops sorry he exited that game after the habs were up for nothing and things immediately fell apart after he he scored in that game uh, and then ended up leaving sometime after the sometime in the second i believe And everything, you saw what happened. Everything fell apart. Because, you know, after the first line, the Habs don't have a lot of depth up center right now. I really like his connection with uh, Slavkovsky. He was doing great things. But in saying that, I don't think, like, I'm kind of pissed he was even in the fucking lineup to begin with, to be perfectly honest. Um, Yes, Sean Monaghan as clearly evidenced by the breakdown in the house play after he left, has been critical to the success of this team. But he's going to continue to be critical when we trade him and hopefully acquire (laughs) a lot of assets for him. And we can't do that if he's hurt. There's no need for this team to be playing guys when they don't need to play, when they are injured. We need to always take the careful Option. We need to be careful with our assets because yes, Sean Monahan is a human being. So him playing against Calgary is important. I love that he played against Calgary. We know how important that game was to him. But, and I'm gonna, he is an asset, and you need to protect your assets. And what Montreal is doing, it's that's just not good asset, good asset management. You've allowed him to injure himself, and we'll see how long it is before he gets back. Because what could have been a couple days, a couple games, could now easily turn into weeks or months. And like I said, and it was alluding to, he's played really well with Slav, and Slav has played really well with him. So not only are you hurting the trade value of Monahan, but you're impacting Slavkovsky's development, who, Corey, you may disagree. I think he's playing his best hockey right now, and I think a large part of that is because of Monaghan's play and his calming presence down the middle. Mm.
2: No, I, I can agree with that. Uh, it's nice to finally have Slav with some uh, competence. No, absolutely, and
1: I don't know. It just bothers me. Um, now, you shouldn't be seeing that that mindset when you there's no need to take those risks. Okay, so I was going
2: to get to this later in this, um, but why not? Um, so I can clearly feel that you're on the Sean the the Sean Monahan. Uh, grade, uh wagon. Absolutely. Um, now, I think he's a great asset to this, this team. I could see him being here a little bit longer. If he's not, it's a shame, but we'll get something great out of it. Uh, trust the system. But if some of the other cogs that we had brought in were – successfully making a name for themselves and bringing up their value would you have kept would Sean Mount Monahan still be like one of the people you want to see moved if sorry can you uh, read yeah I, I I Jesus that was terrible um let's say like Anderson was producing and um Dvorak was producing and what's his name uh Dadenal was producing and Hoffman was producing, like all of these guys that are supposed to be like our main trade bait. If they were producing, would you have Sean Monahan leaving with how good he's been with this team?
0: Yeah, if
1: they were all producing, I would trade every single one of them not named Christian Dvorak. Okay. And I would consider offers on Christian Dvorak, too. The only okay. reason I give Dvorak – um leeway is because he did play well last year uh he's younger than monahan and i you need a second line center you need someone for slash mm-hmm. to play with right you need that guy and we thought kirby Doc was going to be that guy like you can't totally strip the roster of talent because you need people mm-hmm. you need places for your young guys to play but as of right now even if they are producing, Mike Hoffman, Josh Anderson don't contribute anything to the team. They don't contribute long term meaningfully. Josh Anderson is a player I have loved for years, but I will I can admit when I'm wrong about players, and I was I was wrong about Josh Anderson. The people that said this contract was going to bite us in the ass and it was going to hurt us and he was going to regress are 100 percent right. Josh Anderson's not a good hockey player anymore. Like, what has he really done the last two years to I don't know what he's done to make anyone think that he is part of the long-term solution in Montreal? I think he's a great character guy. I think he loves playing for the team. I like Josh Anderson as a person, and I like what he can bring as a player. And even last year he scored 19 goals. Like I thought he was
2: most of them were multi-point nights.
1: Yeah. I think he had his benefits last year. Right. Mm-hmm. But this season has been a disaster and yes, he's probably going to score 20 goals or 19 goals, but he has two assists and he can't feel like he just, he can't pass. Yeah, It's ridiculous. And That contract scares me. It really does. Um, just based on the regression that we've seen. Like, how how many times this year have you seen Josh Anderson actually utilize his speed and make a play where he you know cuts in towards the net and snipes? Like we saw those first two seasons. You haven't seen it. So I if I'm Kent Hughes, honestly, Corey, I'm shipping Josh Anderson out of there as fast as I fucking can to anyone that anyone that'll take him and I'm not saying give him up for nothing because yeah he's a unicorn you can get stuff for him he's a rare breed of speed and size but you've got players I think you could already utilize the ice that time role. better yeah. and they're in the AHL and one of them's name is Jesse Lonan so I'm getting That's him fair. out of there as fast as possible and same with Mike Hoffman I understand Mike Hoffman's been hurt And look, I hate, I've been a big hater of Mike Hoffman for a long time. He's got eight points in 16 games, five goals. Okay. Hoffman's going to produce some points, but this team sucks on the power play. So therefore Mike Hoffman doesn't do much. And Mike Hoffman hasn't done anything to elevate that power play either. His biggest asset is a one-timer and he takes up a spot on the, on the wing, right?
0: Yeah.
1: It's another and I'll emphasize this again. We have a player in Jesse Alonin who has a great one timer and is a good power play player. And he's hopefully going to be part of this future. So, Alonin alone, in my opinion, makes both of those guys replaceable already because you have your wingers established. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't even mention Brendan Gallagher, who I think already is kind of a roadblock, but when you add, when you consider you have Drua Anderson, Hoffman, Galley. That's four wingers who demand, you know, top six to a third line ice time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, your top six winger roles are already established. Um, so that's, you know, you have four spots left or two spots left in the top six, three, two, four in the middle. Uh, Slavkovsky, it's earned his top two ice time. I think he clearly deserves it. So now you have one and you have four players. Mm -hmm. So if I can get rid of any of those older guys I do. And then to get back to your point, when you talk about Monaghan, yes, Monaghan contributes. And yes, I think he does a lot of stuff for this team, but I also think that's a reason why you trade him because we saw what happened against Vancouver when he left we lost. It was embarrassing. We don't want that to happen in the future, right? And in the future, Sean Monahan's a great player to have. But Sean Monahan is an unrestricted free agent. He's 28 years old. He is a former elite player who's healthy and now is putting up points. Like, let me quickly... Quickly do some math here. One second.
2: While you're mathing. Um, Sorry, he's putting, here, he's on
1: pace to have 60 points this year. He's not going to accept a fucking four-year, $4 million contract, right? He's going to get paid. He's going to sign an eight-year deal somewhere. And I don't think that timeline really fits with the Habs. So, yeah, I think you absolutely get everything you can from Sean Monaghan while he's here and you deal him the second someone
2: offers something adequate. That's fair. Um, My whole thing was if we learned anything from like Josh Anderson and it's not just Josh Anderson, but like him being like the most current issue or like David Savard or something like that um, would be like a, hopefully, you know, a short, a short deal. Which is like you're saying though he's not he's 28 years old he's looking to get a a big deal maybe you know obviously money wise but like length wise to to where his his career continues you know deep into his 30s and Um, I think I don't think we can offer that from I think Josh
1: Anderson too is the perfect case study for why we should trade
2: Sean Monahan yeah that's what I'm saying like he's a I'm glad you brought it up because that's definitely like we don't need that to happen. And Sean Monahan's great, but it definitely has just like Anderson has health issues where it's
1: it's... just just early as last year. Apparently, it was a first round pick being offered for Anderson. Mm -hmm. And if you told me that someone was like, if you're a fan of any team in the league right now and you trade a first round pick for Josh Anderson, you're going, why? (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. Like, so already his trade value is down. And we've missed out on that.
0: No, and you just like, Corey, you got to take whatever you this, get.
1: after this season, there are five more years on this fucking deal.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Sorry, six or four. My bad. Sorry. Bad math there. There are four more years on this deal after this one. You're telling me at 30 fucking five years old, Josh Anderson is going to be worth five and a half million dollars when he already isn't? isn't? Like, Send him to Philly with torts. <laughs> it scares me. It scares <laughs> me because 2024, 25, 2025, 26, 2026, 20, 2027, 20, those are years you want to compete. Suzuki is going to be like 26, 27. Caulfield going to be 25, 26. Ghoulie's gonna be 24. You're gonna have guys coming in on entry-level contracts, and you're gonna have this mammoth 5.5 million dollar. Like, you need to get rid of Josh Anderson, and you need to do it now before you have to like really dump something to get rid of him.
2: That's fair. Well, look, to get to get off of the the heaviness, right? Uh, we'll move forward one game into the uh, <laughs> the Oilers game. Nick Suzuki's got a sick power play goal. Uh, Dadanov finds his second, but the important one. Arbor Jackey with an absolute—I wouldn't even call it a snipe. wasn't even that wasn't even that uh, quick. It wasn't a one timer, but it just shows how good he is. He picks his shot, and it's a dirty fucking goal on the power play, nonetheless. Would that does that put is he still in oh Jesus? Is he still in the lead uh for goals for uh rookie defensemen? Sorry,
1: I just realized like I was muted. Hello, I was wow. Um <laughs> sorry, where where do we get? I was like talking over you and I realized where sorry, what's let's just reiterate that because I'm you're good,
2: you're good. Now. You're good, Jesus. Okay, so here we are. We're trying to get out of the doldrum top topic. Um, it's an it's it's a it's a need talked about topic, but let's get to a little fun. Uh so we moved uh, just to the uh the Oilers game for the Arbor Jack Eye goal, the power play goal. Okay, yeah,
1: okay, yeah. So, are you you're asking if Arbor Jack Eye is still going to be in the lead for rookie rookie defense I time, asked
2: right? I asked if he was if he still was uh, with that making it his fourth. Um, but I just wanted to to you know. Make a point of uh, how how pretty that shot was, like how like it showed so much offensively. How do I say it? It's just there's just his offensive talent, his mind for the game. Um, He hesitates for a second, sees that he can try something and has the willpower to attempt it. And it, it goes in. It's a beautiful goal. Um, I was saying it wasn't like a, a you know, it wasn't a, a sniper or anything like that, but I, it, it's got to be close to one. I mean, you know, normally it's it's a lot more flashy. It's more of like a one-timer, but this guy, you know, handles the puck for a second. It comes back to him, and then he sees an opening and just takes what looks like just an average shot, and it just it fucking finds the back of the net.
0: Yeah, no, I
1: think... Jack guy doesn't get enough credit for how conscious he is and when he takes his shots. He's tied for eighth and not just rookie scoring. Like, he's he is leading rookie D in, scoring, in mm-hmm. goal scoring, yes, but he's also tied for eighth in goal scoring. Wow. <laughs> Wyatt Johnson's third with seventh and Jack guy is fourth. Now, is Jack going to maintain that rate? <sighs> Let's be honest here. Probably not.
2: No, but I think it's showing like just how like he's he's not just your beat him up guy. Like
1: no, I think he's a very skilled defenseman. I think Jack E continues to prove a lot of people wrong and I think he's going to continue to prove Habs fans wrong in particular. A lot of I think a lot of the Habs community is um,
2: we're going to we're going see this this group fall in love with him. There's going to be some people that are outliers, but If you're not already on the fucking Jackye bandwagon, he's making his case so much harder for you to to bitch about. This could
1: ruffle feathers. But it's a comparison that I'm willing to kind of make, but like, let me explain it,
2: okay? Okay. Sounds like it's going to be fucking controversial.
1: (laughs) And this isn't what I think will happen. It's just kind of what I could see happening. I think it's very likely that you could see Arbor Jackey turn into a emphasis, not same skill level. I'm talking stylistically to a player like a Victor Hedman.
0: Ooh.
2: And I
1: don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean like talent wise. Like Arbor Jackey is not going to score six. He's not going to be
2: the best defenseman. He's not going to win in
1: Oris. Okay. Yeah. But like when you look at the parallels, I think Jack is a very smooth skater and not only for a guy, his size, I think he's a good skater. He's what, how tall is he? Six foot four. He's 240 pounds already. Hedman is one yeah. of the only players heavier than him in the NHL and Hedman's six, seven. Mm-hmm. I Edmund, mean, I think, may be the heaviest player in the NHL right now, but he's smooth skating and physical, and has hands. There aren't a lot of guys like that anymore, or even like a. I'm trying to think, maybe like a Charlie McAvoy.
2: That's a good one,
1: and I think that he has that potential. To stylistically compare with those guys. No, he's not gonna be a number one defenseman right now. But what we've learned with Arbor Jacke is that he continues to level up. And I think if you look at a lot of prospects in the NHL, he he really seems to have a higher, like how do you explain it? His Rate of growth far surpasses, I think, most prospects and most rookies in the league this year. Um, Because you look at where he was a year and a half ago, he mm-hmm. was the guy that made a name beating people up as a tryout entry at the Habs rookie
0: camp. <laughs> he was.
1: He was not a – he was not known. He was not a prospect. He wasn't drafted in the OHL. He wasn't drafted into the NHL. But. You know we talked about him as a fun guy who we thought was going to be in the AHL this year, and in a couple of years we may see and he's then we then he made the roster and we said, okay, uh, you know we'll probably see Jordan Harris and Gooley beat him off the team and he's stuck around he's getting power play time now and now we're talking about and you know back then we thought, oh maybe he could be a bottom six guy for us, right <laughs> Now we're talking about him as, you know, he could be a top four, maybe a number four defenseman for us. I'm not going to say I think Arbor Jack guy is going to be a top-pairing defenseman. What I am saying is I think you're a fool if you continue to bet against him. You know what I mean? I, because yeah. he continues to... It's not that his, he's meeting his potential. It's that he's increasing it. It seems with every passing day, he seems to soak in information and learn from experiences faster than most players. And it's exciting to see to say the least, I don't think he's going to like be, 20, I don't think he's going to be a 20 goal scorer as a defenseman. I don't think he'll light the lamp every other night, or I don't even think it's a sure bet to say he'll get 40 points as a defenseman in the national hockey league. But I do think it's safe to say that Jack Eye is going to be a guy who you can slot in on the power, second power play and not be worried. I I can see that that for him
2: in his career. I'm just, I'm just rewatching it over and over. Um, He's easily one of the most confident guys on this roster. Um, You can see it in the past. He set. he tries to set up Slavkovsky with a beautiful one-timer and it's not his fault. It's that there was just no opening, and Slavkovsky sends it back his way. He's got Leon Dreisaitl in front of him along with four other guys screening, and he has the confidence and knows he can do it. I'm going to just put it on net. Instead, he plays with a foot like a second. He just shifts his body, takes like maybe like two strides, if that, sees an open and just fucking sends it. I I, I don't know. I just – you said it really well. And I think it's the best you can say is that, um, like he's leveling up, like he's he's met what people thought his standard was, and he's increasing his potential because he has it, and he's got the drive, and he's just mentally miles ahead of a lot of guys. Absolutely.
1: You look at oh, sorry, finish. No, no,
2: no, no. I was just gonna say you have got to jump on board with the jack eye and. I, I don't see how you don't. I don't see how you dislike this guy. This is everything that the old heads scream they want back in hockey. And, Absolutely. Um, and if you're if you're the new guy that the analytical guy, that might be tough for now. <laughs> but fuck, dude. Like if you just watch his game, he's so fun. He's so smart out there. But yeah, go on.
1: Well, I was just gonna say, um, the emergence of Jacki not only as like a NHL player, but not, sorry, not only as a prospect, but as an already established, I think, solid NHL player. I'm not saying there isn't work that could be done, and I'm not saying he should never go down to the AHL. That he's like earned a solid place, right? Yeah,
2: he's making it. He's got to be
0: he's like
1: proven. He's proven that he is a capable at the very least replacement level player already at his young mm-hmm. young age raw raw ungroomed self the emergence of that to an already just like an ch- unbelievable amount of riches that the Habs have at the, mm-hmm. the you know at the blue line for their prospects it, it starts to paint a picture of what I think this Habs team could very well be in the future. And personally, I find it very, very exciting because I know a lot of Habs fans. And I think even myself recently, even like a couple months ago, maybe, you kind of look at the team and we're still thinking, and I think a lot of people are for this draft. And I agree for this draft, we do need to hit big. We need to get a... A fucking superstar. I want to get a Bedard, a Fantilli, a Mishkov, a Leo Carlson. I want one of those guys. But I think really the identity of this team in the next four years could very well be the blue line. Because right now you've got Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, and Arbor Jack on your on your on your team. And the AHL. Justin Barron is there and he is, you know, thriving. I would say he's doing pretty well. He's a guy that, Corey, I think we both thought was <laughs> probably had the best, if not second best, chance of being on the team this year Absolutely. based on the way he played. He's a very, like, Justin Barron will be an NHL player. Absolutely. Do I even need to mention the fucking dynamo? <laughs> playing for Boston, Lane Hudson, who has won another Player of the Month award, is shattering every. Like he's on pace to shot be the best scoring, high scoring freshman, or uh, defenseman ever. That's beating mm-hmm. Adam Fox, Kale McCarr, Luke Hughes. He is shattering the competition. Seventeen points in fourteen games. I as love a- him true freshman at five foot eight (laughs) it's incredible (laughs) and that's he's not like us fuck who else am i you've also got logan mayu who yeah you
2: know
1: say what you want
2: hey he's been looking great
1: there's obviously holes in his game that you know need to be addressed and I'm not one to say he's going to be the next, you know, fucking superstar or anything, but he's a player, right? He's a player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's you can't ignore his potential. We also have Adam Engstrom in uh, Sweden, who's looking phenomenal. Jaden Struble out of Northeastern. Um, Miguel Tornway, who looked phenomenal in the um, – development camp these are all players who could realistically have a shot at playing for the Habs, right mm-hmm. there is no way this team is going to be able to accommodate all those players some of them are going to be dealt kind of like what we saw with colorado they traded justin Barron. they traded sean barons they traded um crap who was who was the other one uh drew hallison Players they traded because they're O'Connor oh, Timmins as well on the blue yeah, line to, to grow that offense, but, but they still have Kale McCarr who, you know, if everything goes to plan, that'll be our Lane Hudson. Lane Hudson can no one's going to be McCarr, but Hudson's our guy. Mm-hmm. They've got Devon Taves who, I look at that blue line and I think Kane can very well be that guy. They've got Sam Gerard, Jordan Harris. They've got Josh Manson, I think Arbor Jack guy. And you look at uh, Eric Johnson's another, you know, solid player. They're, they're built from the blue line. Mm-hmm. And what I think is really interesting is that a team that we often talk about their offense, their forwards who score, they run three defensemen on their second power play when they're healthy. <laughs> and I, That's sick. Yes, and if you watch a lot of abs hockey – They're often, like, it happens frequently. Taves and Makar will be on a two-on-one on on the other, like, against the opposition. Mm -hmm. Their defensemen activate seamlessly, and the forwards expect it, and the defense are expected to activate. Given the tendencies of our defensive prospects, Gouley loves to activate. Harris loves to activate. Jack has been starting to activate. We know Hudson's going to activate. Barron's another guy who activates into the play that's five guys maybe if you take Jack Eye off you've got four I can honestly see a future where the Habs are doing the same thing second power play you've got you know Caden Gooley uh Jordan Harris and Justin Barron or a Jack Eye cycling to you know two other forwards and then you've got Hudson on your top unit and I can see a, a very similar kind of I don't think the parallels are exactly aligned. I don't think it's a true, you know, this true comparison. I think it it does make sense though. And I can see kind of the similarities Mm -hmm. and as a Has fan, I think this bodes very well for our future Uh, because you watch the abs play hockey. Now they're literally, they're an AHL team right now. Miko Rantanen's is their top line center. Everyone on that team's injured. What When they're healthy, there's no other team like them. I think they've done the rebuild perfectly, and I think they're going to win another cup at the minimum with that core they've established. So the fact that I Montreal is on a similar trajectory and hopefully about to be inserted with that fucking Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr type superstar in the draft, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like in the next two or three years, I think we could see some really interesting hockey where – you know, Habs are playing almost positionless with their defensemen rushing into the play and, you know, carrying it on the power play and doing great things. So I don't think the um, almost like the lack of forward um superstars, you know, like we don't have those superstar players yet. And we may not even have depth at the, that you really need at the forward position. I almost think it won't matter as much simply due to the fact that our blue line is just going to be so deep and so talented.
2: Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad we're still on that, but, uh, just goes to show we, we've already kind of talked about the Canucks game, but, uh our three youngsters, Harris, Gooley, and, uh, Jack, I, all primary assists in uh, in the Canucks game, uh, with Harris having two of them, but, um, uh, I mean, it goes to show. I'm I'm looking at the old, the old roster right now uh, with, with like PK and uh, Markov. With the year we had Gonchar and shit like that, and Jeff Petrie's first year. Um, I can't believe you just you just mentioned Sergey Gonchar <laughs> as a have. That's funny. It's such a wild uh, a wild little bit of time, um, but no, that was such a fun. I mean, we, we got fucked over in the in the playoffs, but um I'm I'm happy we're getting back to an offensive uh defense that's gonna run it, so to speak. Um sorry if I made you laugh. Uh but that's where my mind goes when when I think of like how strong this defense is gonna become and how just nasty they could be. Uh, is is bringing me back to like, you know, your favorite fucking defenseman's era. So, the Markov days,
0: yeah. I
2: really so wish we can get him I as know. like a defensive coordinator. It'd be unreal.
1: I know you're gonna want to uh, talk about it. So before we wrap things up, do you want to talk about uh, the Seattle game, Bucky's? Free-
2: yeah. <laughs> get back uh, on Bucky's. Uh no, I was on vacation, but I did um I did I was trying to keep up with like Matt Drake um on Twitter who was filling me in as much as he could. Um crazy game. Uh of course. Um of course Shane Wright scores. <laughs> of um, course. And you know what? I didn't even know I they activated him for that game. I have been lost in the the Shane Wright. I feel like just because it's been a week um, I had no real material. I didn't know the AHL or or yeah the AHL thing had been over like he played as many games as he could now they're in the limbo with him once again, but yeah activate them uh first NHL goal good for him um. <laughs> but that's that's been a fun team. I'm not gonna lie. um uh, the guys yeah, it's actually
1: funny uh I don't um, I don't do a lot of like same day betting. Mm -hmm. but one of my hammered it (laughs) we were talking about um you know just like the safest bets you can make right right and if i if i bet more if i bet it frequently i would bet any amount of money that shane wright was going to score in that game i think we all knew it was going to happen and wasn't draftings so i can say that much but one of the the uh one of the betting sites he went to book um to bet that shane wright would score his first goal and I think clearly this site keeps up with hockey. They, they didn't have it on there because everyone, <laughs> you know, damn well, every single person knew Shane Wright was going to score his first fucking goal that night. Mm-hmm. That's just the way the hockey gods work. And you know what? Good for him. He got his little revenge. Um, I'm sure it's good for self-confidence. Slaugh did not want to be outdone got an assist and you could tell he was skating like a fucking workhorse doing his best he I, you know he hated that he yeah. wanted to score so badly mm-hmm. but yeah, outcome still ended up good the habs but won. that
2: that's great for the league that
1: no oh, it's phenomenal like
2: i don't see those two getting to you know uh ov and crosby level of play i think there's still gonna be stuff there though no no no. i I think yeah i i think that that's what i'm getting to i don't think that they're gonna reach that caliber of player but i think that rivalry that we grew to love growing up of i have to one-up that person i had like they're gonna be the butting heads shane has the grudge i don't think we'll
1: see it very much because seattle is on the yeah
2: it's not the same it's not the same market yeah but, but I just feel like when those two play, those are going to be games. Those are must-watch games. Oh, absolutely. Like, if I had the opportunity to watch this game in Dallas, I would have. Um, I just I just that, think that Maddie that's Beniers, what we're going to say. So. Maddie Beneers. Uh, so good. This is his rookie, so his so first, good. like, his full season, right? So he's still They're rookie gonna rookie caliber. He's probably going to get it. That team is going to be set down the
1: middle for years yeah years to come it's gonna be disgusting it's gonna be like i don't want to say crosby malkin type but oh my god definitely like jack hughes nico Husher type stuff they're mm-hmm. they're gonna be set
2: great great comparison
1: and it's gonna be interesting to see too like, like another team uh, in the same division, the Anaheim Ducks, Trevor Zegers and Mason McTavish. Like that's gonna be a fucking game to watch for a, at least a decade. It's
2: gonna be awesome. No, I think you're right. Um, I'm just happy, like you know, of of everything that could have happened with like the Shane Wright and Slavkovsky thing. I'm just happy that they're giving us exciting games and they're making when the Kraken come or when we when we go to Seattle. It just fantastic games. I, I hope that's what this is building because you're not lying. You watch the highlights. Slavkowski was a fucking workhorse. Just oh, yeah. I have to do it. I have like first goal of the night for the Kraken to tie it up is it's fucking Shane Wright. Who's who's if you watch it, he's waiting. He's right on the side, you know, right in the front of the net, just waiting for an opportunity that Fucking lit a fire in Slavkovsky, who I felt was already playing heavy. Um, watching it, I think now this is like that is always going to be a, a circled game for him.
1: Oh, absolutely, and it was for both of them. You
2: mm-hmm. know, it was
1: for different reasons too. But yeah. Um. Anyway, we've we've gone on for a decent amount of. We time did it. Here. We've done else, it. You want to-
2: Let's uh let's talk about Buckys. Let's let's break down oh, I've had four flavors of Bucky Nuggets. <laughs> All right. So then
1: without further ado, that'll be it today. Thank you guys for uh hanging out with us. We appreciate for the uh sorry, we're apologize for the schedule. It'll get better after um next week. My uh, final exams like the 16th. So then uh I'll be off school for three weeks. So we'll have a lot more content out for you guys, more regular. And then the semester will just be starting. So we'll be good to go. We'll be back on the grind. And uh, anyway, yeah, I really appreciate you guys. You can follow us on Twitter at Nightly at Bayou Vendors. And uh, appreciate you guys coming out. See you guys Hope next you week. guys
2: have a happy holidays. I'm sure we'll be back before Christmas. <laughs> Why not say thank y'all.
1: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network.